Bunsen, Dolly, Internal, Why do we need Patrick, Oscar, Isaac, Transplanting. Oh, hello, Steve. Nick, it's a cup of COVID. It's eight o'clock in the morning. It's Monday morning. What better way to start my week than did to have a cup of tea as, with you? Did you see as well that the government have secured another two million doses of the Moderna vaccine? That's excellent news. I'm glad. Well done, Matthew Hancock. He's a noble <laughs> well warrior. Done, Hancock. He's a noble warrior. I always, it always amuses me what Charlie Brooker said about him. He said, he said, he's your sister's first boyfriend who had a car. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, they've got so the Moderna vaccine. I just wanted to have a little chat about the Moderna vaccine this morning. Yeah. We talked about it earlier on, um, about it being an mRNA vaccine. And you made a really good analogy about, um, like, yeah, like often um, vaccines, you're injecting the fully formed cake, which is the yeah. dead vaccine, basically, which yeah. allows your body to uh, raise an immune response. Whereas this one is the instructions. So it's a little cake. piece of code and it tells your own cells to make their own cake. And that's mm. how it works. So, and we also mentioned that it's kind of a totally new technology. It really is um, because no vaccine yet has been approved, which is based on um, messenger ribonucleic yeah, acid. We're, we're, we're actually kind of, we're making the point that actually there might be some good that's come from COVID because actually probably these kind of new class of vaccines might not have been accelerated as quickly as they have because of the, you know, the situation we're in, we find ourselves. And so actually we might find our ability to make vaccines in the future might be, you know, expedited somewhat because of this new technology. Yeah. And Moderna's been around for a while, but they've haven't done, they haven't really had anything that's this um, kind of, obviously that's this um newsworthy but not anything that's this kind of important as well mm. they've got a number of vaccines which have been in trial they had one for something called cytomegalus virus cmv yeah um which is i think it's i don't really know what it is i think it's a, it can cause problems in in pregnancy but otherwise it's it's not thought to be a serious disease and the other one is zika virus which only went to phase one which didn't really get any any further but they were also developing cancer vaccines so I don't really know how these work. And it's quite hard to find out because Moderna don't, there's not a huge amount pu that they publish. So on mm. the COVID vaccine, on their technology, they've been very canny and not really disclosing what they're doing. So there's not much scientific literature. And what's, um, what's, the, what's the argument for that? Are they just... Well, they, they want to make money it? from it. They don't want to oh, tell okay. people what they're doing because <laughs> you can find out from reading their patents. So you can find a bit about their technology from reading the patents. Yeah. So you know a bit about how they work and what the technology is. They've got one called mRNA4157, which is a cancer, personalized cancer therapeutic. Mm -hmm. And in this one, what they do is they, they actually, they take, it's, it's like personalized medicine. Um, and the yeah. idea here is if you've got a tumor, you do some sequencing of the tumor to find the antigens. So those are the things that the tumor is sort of showing little flags on the tumor's surface. You can think of them mm. as protein flags. It finds out what those are in that particular patient. And it, in, in the mRNA will build a code to make those proteins. And then you inject them into the person. And then that's supposed to protect, um, for, well, actually so it's, raise it's, it's, an immune response in the person. So it's the same can, idea, exactly the same idea as the COVID uh, vaccine there, right? Yeah, you kind know, of. So it, gets, it yeah. tries to get your body to fight the, um, the cancer itself. Anyway, I just went back through the Moderna trial. It's a big trial. So it had it had um, 300,000 people in it, phase three. So it's a huge trial. You know, it's funded by the US government. So the US government plunged a billion 
taxpayer dollars into wow. these trials through through them so and the most recent results we don't have this is the other thing we do not have any data published data on what's happened all we know still is from what's been press released and what we lot, know is in I, the I first about, group like a billion a billion quid and there's three hundred thousand people that's thirty thousand dollars per person to study it it seems a Pretty lot amazing. doesn't it yeah yeah but yeah. then then like uh, tens and hundreds of million people that ever ultimately have it i guess yeah, I suppose so. But it's just I hope, yeah, yeah, well, I don't know. Well, they've got a stake in it. Anyway, what they found was only five people in the control group, there were only five people who developed, um, sorry, in the test group, there were only five people who developed COVID. And in the placebo group, there were 90 people who developed COVID. So what that okay. means is your chances of getting COVID were reduced by about 94% if you'd had the vaccine. So it reduces your risk by about 95%. So it's pretty, pretty big um study there's lots of criticisms about it though um this is the vaccine has to be stored at minus 70 in transport although it is important to remember once you get it like into a hospital you can put it in the fridge for up to a month so yeah. and i don't really think the transport's a big problem because you and i we get stuff on dry ice all the time right and dry ice is how you transport something at minus 70. yeah my so i mean I, i've always felt that that you know it's you know, <laughs> there's been this, this Daily Mail and other uh, publishing uh, um, uh, places kind of talk about how that it's a kind of they're trying to develop a a a, a vaccine for the for the Western developed nation, and you know they're intentionally not trying to help people in sub-Saharan Africa. And I don't know. I, I mean, I've got people don't you know they start these things with the best intentions, and unfortunately, sometimes you have to store things in in slightly different situations. And I don't think it's anything, you know, it's just I don't think there's any kind of plan associated with that. It's just kind of the way it is, you know, and the way you test yeah. these things out normally is you just, you know, you see how you see you see how how well it works, and then you store it in a slightly different way, and then you see how well it works again. And then what they found is that you have to keep it cold. <laughs> like it's well, they know it, they have to keep it. They know they have to keep it because it's made of RNA. RNA is intrinsically yeah. really degradable. It goes off dead quick. But DNA doesn't go off dead quick, and proteins don't go off dead quick. But yeah, the we, RNA we does. do some we do some um, RNA work in the lab um, for something completely different to this. But um, you have to work in like a special region of the lab that we have messed up that people aren't allowed to go in because you you secrete enzymes that chomp up RNA um, from your from your skin. They're called RNases, and and some people are known what they call they're called known shedders. To some people, Nick, if they just stand near your experiment, they can mess it up just from the stuff coming out of their skin. I think that's me. I think I'm one of them. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, yeah. so, but then just, just on that point, the, the Moderna vaccine is probably going to cost about eight to ten times more than the Chadox vaccine. So it's much more expensive because of the technology. which is And what is, the cost, what is the cost of the vaccine? I think the Moderna one, this is just off the top of my head, so I might yeah. be wrong, but it's about $30 a dose, whereas okay. I think the Chadox one is about $4 a dose, something like that. The Moderna and the Pfizer BioMTech ones are pretty similar, mm. okay. um, but the, the Chadox is much um, cheaper. And is, is the vast majority of that to do with the, with the transport or is it actually in the production? I think yeah. it's a combination of things. Okay. It's a combination of the production and, in the, yeah. and the transport. But I, I don't actually, um, I don't know for oh. sure. Maybe we can um, have a yeah, look at that. Yeah, that's a good thing yeah. to look at, yeah. There's a lot of criticisms, though, and we mentioned these a bit before. There's an editorial which came out over the weekend from uh, Peter Doshi, who's a, he's an editor at the BMJ, and he pointed out, you know, a bunch of flaws, which some of which we've already had a quick talk, talk about. And the end points of these studies are um, 
uh, basically whether or not you get an infection and not whether it saves lives so it doesn't you know, it doesn't doesn't tell you much about whether or not the vaccine is going to um, stop people dying it just tells you about you know whether it reduces people getting it doesn't look at stratified groups. I mean, they they must be, cor- they must be correlated. You'd think so, yeah, but we don't know. Yeah. Um, also, um, it looks it looks at time points very relatively soon after vaccination, so we don't really know how long um, the vaccine lasts yet, and we don't have any information on whether it prevents transmission, which is one of the most important things. Whether it stops people passing it on to other people so he's sort of arguing that we should be looking at different endpoints the problem with that is it costs you 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 have to look at those things it takes longer and you have to multiply the cost by a factor of about 10 so i think there's a practical issue here you can only do this but you've got to be i think what the point he's making is is a lot of these studies which have come out these three studies there's lots of hype Mm. about them and everyone thinks oh job done but there's a huge uncertainty yet as to whether or not they well, will be. I mean, it's really the error bars, right? I think about what you're saying there. You're saying, you know, there's a study of 300,000 people. And even in that large cohort, you're getting down to single digits of people that are in contracting COVID, right? So, 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 you know, you can imagine if you happened, if you had five, you know, randomly picked five out of that 300,000 or whatever your, your number was, you know, you could end up massively changing the statistics, right? Because it, you know, it's, you, you have to take these large sample sets in order to be able to see these small, small effects. And so if you so, so one argument might be, well, you could just look at fewer people. You could look at 100,000 people or 10,000 people rather than 300,000. But actually what I would tell you is that, you know, no, you can't. Because if you did that, you're going to, you know, you know, what you probably should be doing is trying to find, you know, the, the biggest, the biggest single predictor here looks like just purely from that statistic would be sample size, right? You know, and like if, if that, if the effect is so small. Um, rather than you know, rather than looking at these other parameters, but I, I totally agree that it's it's really easy just to boil these things down to a single number, right? What does what's the R or you know what's the you know how many people are saved from it? And actually, it's a bit more nuanced than that, isn't it? But but that's that's much harder. So. But the point is, I, I made a mistake at the start of the podcast. It's actually thirty thousand people in the trial, not three hundred thousand okay. people. Um, but even in a, th- a trial of thirty thousand people. You're going to have very, very few people who turn up with severe disease in either the control or the test group. So it's very, very hard to work out whether it prevents it or not. So you know that's um, that's a fair point. Um, one other thing that um, he mentions is that um, there we don't know about un, about blinding. We don't know well enough about blinding. And a lot of trials there are inadvertent unblinding. You kind of know by the virtue of what happens. So people who are in the trial and people who are administering the trial sort of get to know what what which is which from the reactions it provokes. You can see well, doesn't that mean it's working? <laughs> doesn't it that mean does. it's brilliant? It does. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean that's not necessarily a bad thing. If you go in with scurvy and then you get some people start getting better, you go, oh, that's good. <laughs> But there might be, uh, in a, on a serious point, it might it might mean that there's some some problems with the data, and we sure. maybe uh, maybe skewing it towards a favourable. This, this is true. This is true of outcome. any clinical trial. This isn't that COVID specific. This would be, you know, if you had any, you know, uh, vaccine or drug that was that was that worked well. I think you're right. Yeah, and in some trials, when that happens, they stop the trial because. Um, <laughs> Because that you know it becomes obvious that it works, and it's not ethical to give the placebo anymore because you can't. It's so obvious that something's working. Imagine then Nick and I are sat in a hospital bed getting an injection for I don't know Zika virus, and I'm doing great, and Nick's getting slowly worse. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> it's for science. It's for anyway, science. My, 
my my um i think the editorial that was in the bmj it's fair enough but i think it's un i think it's a bit unnecessarily um uh uh yeah pessimistic so i think wow i mean if nick thinks it's too pessimistic that is a pretty low bar (laughs) uh